Welcome to Masala PTI with your hosts, Ravi and Arvind. Pardon these Indians as they take you on a unique and wild ride around the world of sports. Welcome to another episode of Masala PTI, uh, friends. This is Arvind Srinivasan and I got my partner in crime, Ravi Krishnan here. Two days he is obsessed with fantasy football and all things sports. So Ravi, um, are you ready for the mock draft? I am, Arvind. I'm ready for the mock draft. I'm even more ready for the NFL to, season to start. In fact, I have this uh, old school calendar on my uh, wall and I see six more days to go. Wow, do you have like a countdown and the whole nine yards or? Uh... Yes, yes indeed, <laughs> yes indeed. By the way, who that? I went from not uh, being uh, prepared at all about two, three weeks ago to kind of really digging into everything that's going on, fantasy football projections to the point where I literally cannot wait for things to get started. Oh man, Trader Joe is back. So you're ready to trade. <laughs> By the way, who, the, who has old school calendars anymore? You may be the last guy on the earth. Yeah, I mean, that too, I kind of dusted one off <laughs> from under the woodwork in order to do exactly what I just said I'm doing. Otherwise, I haven't seen a paper calendar in, I don't know, years. Yes. All right, so we'll do a mock draft in this uh, episode. Uh, basically, the idea here is Ravi and I will kind of debate and talk about who we like and who we don't in the context of a draft. We're going to do standard scoring, one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, one tight end, one flex, which is wide receiver, running back, or tight end, defense, kicker, and six folks on the bench. Nothing nothing too fancy. Uh, and we are picking sixth right in the middle just, you know, just so that uh, there are no obvious picks, and we get to debate about our picks quite a bit. For the listeners, you're really encouraged to do as many mock drafts as you can, because you know, during the real draft, you're always going to be challenged. Uh, there's a clock running on you, and it's it's confusing at times. Ravi and I were just talking about how uh, we had a real draft, and uh, we made a couple of calls, more me than Ravi going against some of our own advices in the last, uh, last episode. That's mostly because at runtime there are 12 other people or 11 other people and they're all making different calls and all your assumptions are challenged. So mocking is good, right Ravi? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think that also adds to the value of why you need to do mock drafts because just like it is true in a real game, that in playing the actual game is much different from being at practice. So you need to practice as much as you can to get you know, to get ready for the game. I think the same rule holds here as well. I mean, I thought going back to the draft that you're talking about, the real draft that you're talking about, I thought I was super prepared to do exactly what I wanted to do and still ended up with a couple of... Uh, horrendous picks purely because of the peer pressure and the real life game situation that uh, we faced during the draft. Yes, me too. All right, so let's practice. Uh, I'm starting the draft. We are at number six. 
this will move quickly uh, and then just wait at our spot so what did it do so as expected what we got is Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, Antonio Brown, Melvin Gordon and Julio Jones are gone that's it switched up a little bit there uh, why Le'Veon Bell at number one why Melvin Gordon at number four I don't know but that's what we're using a online tool by the way to do this uh, any thoughts on that Ravi I almost uh, feel like we should restart this <laughs> why actually you know what I think uh, this, this this particular uh, iteration of the mock draft has already thrown up the curveball around Melvin Gordon and I'm really excited to debate with you on what we do with this pick because I know what I would do if I was choosing the team okay uh, but I want to hear what your thoughts are on this Okay, then let's stick with it. Let's stick with whatever the system is doing to us, right? Because in real life, owners may do this too. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, Antonio Brown, Melvin Gordon, Julio Jones are gone. So we got the sixth pick. Odell Beckham is who is at the top of the list by ADP. LaShawn McCoy is available, Mike Evans, and Devonta Freeman. All right, so to me, I think this is a good starting off point for you and me to uh, disagree i think to me yeah. this is what del beckham what do you think uh yeah so i'm like a running back disciple uh, and to me if the choice has to be between mccoy or freeman and i basically am 50-50 on either of them uh, i think i'm a lot more convinced or a lot more compared to choose a running back uh, with the number 6 versus a Gimpy Odell Mike Evans would be a closer pick for me but it's just again I'm I'm devoted devoted to running back so having said that I think Odell would be the consensus pick if you ask 15 people so you're saying so your ranking here is almost Devonta Freeman, LaShawn McCoy, Evans and Odell Beckham and then Odell yeah wow okay So that's almost the reverse of the consensus, right? So mm-hmm. mine would be actually closer to the consensus. I would actually go Del Beckham, Mike Evans, McCoy and Freeman. Uh let me ask you this, what if Beckham was healthy? If Beckham was healthy, it would be a close one for me between Beckham and McCoy. Because to me Beckham, Julio and uh Uh, Antonio Brown are the only three wide receivers this year who would make me shake off from my stance of picking a running back in, with my first pick. So if Odell was 100% healthy, and he may be, maybe it's all a facade, but yeah. if he was publicly 100% healthy, it would be a lot closer for me between him and LeSean McCoy. But if I was owning this team, I would still pick McCoy. you want mccoy here i i don't mind i would pick beckham but i don't okay. mind mccoy but i i don't think i will go freeman here so let's let's go beckham let's go beckham and here's also a good inflection point for something that i thought we could kind of set uh, you know as as our rule of thumb i think i would love for the two of us to debate and just to continue with the spirit of the draft we will choose whichever one amongst our choices is the one that consensus seems to prefer yes. so in this case that is odell so let's go odell so let let's be let, let it be oh i see what you're saying so you're saying we'll go with the 
if we differ, we go with what the quote-unquote experts say. Exactly. Or the exactly. other way we could do it is, you know, that that works actually. Let's go with that. Yeah, Odell is the expert choice here. And of course, uh, draft was proceeding. McCoy was gone right after, if you care. Then you got A.J. Green, Devonta Freeman, Rogers goes 10th, the first quarterback, a little high, but it happens. Evans, Jody Nelson, Michael Thomas, Leonard Fournette, wow. Leonard Fournette goes ahead of DeMarco Murray, and then Lamar Miller, Todd Gurley, J.H.I. All right, so now we are here. We have one good wide receiver in our roster, hopefully. So according to the experts, at least on this site, which is fantasypros.com, by the way, it's recommending the top names are uh, Jordan Hubbard, Des Bryant, Rob Gronkowski, Amari Cooper. I think in this round, you and I are probably going to agree it's a running back. The only question is who. Is that fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. And this was one of my, or this was my primary fear in not choosing a running back in the first round, which is the dip in running back quality is so extreme after the first few. And actually it is, you know, candidly, I'm not saying McCoy belongs in uh, the clear number one tier, but compared to even someone like a Todd Gurley, my expectation from a Jordan Howard is so much lower mm-hmm. that we'll end up having to have a less than uh, stellar RB1. Of course, uh, so of course. Jordan Howard is okay for me, but mm. uh, to your point, uh, I'm, I would be open to kind of take a flyer here with one of the other choices. So here's the inter- so you got your wish, right? This is the interesting uh, thing. So you got Jordan Howard and Ezekiel Elliott is available, obviously. Then you got Isaiah Crowell, Dalvin Cook, Kareem Hunt is creeping up. And then it drops off. Carlos Hyde, Marshawn Lynch, Ty Montgomery, right? I'm just reading off the names of the next, let's say, 10. Maybe Christian McCaffrey, too. So those are the options. Jordan Howard is clearly at Isaiah Crowell, Dalvin Cook, Kareem Hunt, Carlos Hyde, Marshawn Lynch, Ty Montgomery, Christian McCaffrey. And after that, I think it takes another dip with Joe Mixon and whatnot, right? So in that list, uh, Isaiah Elliott is the wild card, right? Jordan Howard, to me, I actually like him. So if you, if you are... Well, first of all, given the situation here, what do you do with Ezekiel Elliott? Uh, and second question for you, do you like anybody more than Jordan Howard in what we got here? Which I agree with you is all kind of <laughs> mediocre at best. Yeah, so I mean, if you go down the list, uh, and I, so yes, I agree that I think it might already be time for us to swing for the fences and pick up Elliott, because best case scenario, we'll probably have someone who's as good as the number one, two, or three pick in the draft. Worst case, you know what? We just need to be smart enough to pick up his backup soon. Uh, but the, again, the, the difference, the delta and quality between him and any of the other five or six choices is so immense that I think we go with Elliot and then hope that we get another good serviceable RB in the next couple of rounds. Interesting, interesting choice. Let me do that. Let's take Elliot here. By the way, uh, I don't think his suspension is going to you know, be 
reworked or anything like that i think they may they may make it shorter yeah. uh the more i research the more they are saying it's very different from the tom brady situation mostly well first of all that was deflating a ball this was punching a woman right it should be different yeah secondly uh timing too timing i think uh brady they're saying had a lot more time to kind of go to the court and do this and that this guy is right up against the season and i don't know if he has any legal recourse left that will put him on the field with that said they may cut it down to 3 or 4 games yeah and the other thing is that even from uh, elliot teams perspective from the cowboys perspective also they cannot just wait endlessly for a decision to be made uh, in order to get him ready to play right i mean i think from what i read they have established Tuesday as the deadline by which they themselves will make up their mind one way or the other as to whether you know he's going to play or not, irrespective of notwithstanding what the legal decision is. So yeah, I but agree then with you that I wouldn't be holding on to high hopes for him to play anytime soon, especially in the first two to three weeks. Right. So your point is. we get him after seven actually uh, from the eighth week which is you know more than half a fantasy season listeners should keep that in mind but then we got to somehow get mcfadden or somebody uh, and hopefully we get 60 70% of the production that's your thinking right yeah and you know it, it goes back to something we discussed at our last podcast which is with elliot in particular I think most people who are going to pick him up are kind of picking the Dallas backfield or the Dallas offensive line. So they are almost wedded to having to pick up his backup and hope that the offensive line continues to play well enough to allow whoever is playing behind Elliot and in this case it's most likely to be McFadden to run for to your point at least 70 80% productivity as Elliot would. Yeah. Okay, I'm drafting him, all right? Okay. All right, we got a then Jordan Howard, Brandon Cooks, whole bunch of people are gone, Gronk is gone. Um All right, now we are in the third round. We got two na- big names, one guy is injured, one guy is suspended. <laughs> <laughs> so, now okay, this is interesting. So, after that pick, a lot of the draft board has been receivers and Rob Gronkowski and Tom Brady is gone as well. Ty Montgomery is gone, Marshawn Lynch is gone. So in some ways we didn't lose a whole lot of running backs. So I say a Crowell is available. So is DeAndre Hopkins, Travis Kelsey, Delvin Cook. Those are some of the names uh Ravi at this part and of course Drew Brees is available as well. uh what do you think i think we got to stick with running back here what do you think i yeah i agree i think wide receiver is so deep this year mm-hmm. and the the person and i'm actually looking at the draft board um, i think uh, deandre hopkins doesn't inspire much confidence in me especially after last year's uh, experience so we could go uh, with running back with at least a certain degree of confidence in picking up someone who at worst could be a serviceable RB2. 
So, so let's like Crowell or actually who else is there? Who else is Delvin, there on the available list? Delvin uh, Cook, Hunt. Kareem Hunt, so, Crowell. So, so here's a question actually, and this is where I applauded Derek for his pick uh, in our draft. Kareem Hunt, right? I mean, Andy Reid believes very strongly in uh, having old school bell cow type of running back. His running backs typically touch the ball uh, in both in terms of catching as well as rushing, running. And Kareem Hunt anyway was threatening Spencer Ware for carries. So, what would you think of him versus Isaiah Crowell or Dalvin Cook? I definitely like uh, those three in this spot, right? It's it's down to those three. Maybe you yeah. can throw in Christian McCaffrey. I don't like. Last week we talked about. I'm not a big fan of Carlos Hyde. Joe Mixon, Mark Ingram, C.J. Anderson, and uh, that's a drop-off to me. So it has to be Delvin Cook, Isaiah Crowell, or Kareem Hunt. Of the three, I probably would like Kareem Hunt or Isaiah Crowell more than Delvin Cook, just because I, I'm a little bit afraid of the uncertainty with Delvin Cook. The, I don't, not the greatest of offense. Uh, then you got Latavius Murray in there. Of course, Cleveland is is not a great offense either or great anything, but uh, there's a lot of uh, hype around Crowell's multifaceted uh, touches this year. Uh, so it has to be Crowell or Kareem Hunt, what do you think? Yeah, and in, in that scenario, at least, my typical rule of thumb is to choose the better offense. Um, okay. So therefore, given the choice between Hunt and Crowell, I would choose Hunt. Would you agree Hunt over Delvin Cook? Yes, definitely. Rookies, I mean, again, Hunt's situation is different because he's been established or he's been uh, announced as the starting running back. Otherwise, I would typically be very scared of depending on any rookie. And in the case of Minnesota, to your point, I think Latavius Murray is back from his injury. You have no idea how Cook would perform in the first place. So there is nothing to suggest that the job is his. Right, so it, yeah, so yeah, Cook is a far third in in terms of those three guys. All right, I'm picking Kareem Hunt. Now a whole bunch of uh, tier wow. ten, three talent is disappearing. Yeah, so now let's see. Our team is we are in the fourth round. We got Adel Beckham, Elliott, Kareem Hunt. Here's where, you know, you got on the wide receiver side, it's recommending players like Alan Robinson, Michael Crabtree, uh, Joe Mixon is still available. There is Mark Ingram, Bilal Power, Amir Abdullah, Mike Gillisley. So that's the running back for you. Titans, a couple of them have disappeared. Greg Olson is available. Gronk and Kelsey are gone. B- Breeze is still around. I I, yeah. I am very tempted by Breeze here. What do you think? Uh, you know, I think I'm 100% with you and therefore will not like to debate that. So having one of those three top quarterbacks yeah. uh, in the last, especially in the last few years, as the league is becoming more and more of a passing league, I think uh, it's mm-hmm. immeasurable to have a Brady, a Rogers, and a Breeze. So yeah. I, I'm fine with Breeze. I think both of us don't like uh, reaching for quarterback, but Brees in the fourth round is in a draft which is not great, right? It's kind of weak, I think is a good value. 
So let's go with Breeze. So we are taking care of quarterback position at least for now. So Greg Olson is gone uh, on the Titan side. Jordan Reed is gone, and then a whole bunch of other receivers are gone, including Jarvis Landry. But why? Why is Jarvis Landry so low? Um, I was a little bit mystified by that. So I was reading, reading up on that precise topic this morning, and obviously it's been uh, hugely because of the uh, switch from Tannehill to Cutler, or not the switch, but Tannehill getting injured and lost for the season, and Tannehill being a lot more of the dinky dunky uh, passer, and Landry being basically a target monster mm-hmm. uh, versus uh, Cutler favoring a lot more of a vertical. Uh, open the toss kind of uh, passer and therefore Devante Parker being more suited to his skill set. I think that's the script or that's the storyline being uh, offered yeah. to de-emphasize Landry. But to me, that's kind of a very simplistic story, right? I mean, it, it, that should in no way deter the fact that Landry has been, uh, you know, basically a, a, a catch monster over the past. Uh, couple of years, right. especially in PPR or half PPR, half point PPR leagues, I think Landry still holds tremendous value. Exactly. It kind of makes sense he's a little lower here because like you said, this is a standard league, uh, but in PPR leagues, he should be, he's higher, but I think he's not high enough. All right. Okay. Anyway, that's an aside, but in terms of graphic, I see some interesting names here. Um, I think you like some of them too. So. On the wide receiver side, now we are down to Martavius Bryant, Golden Tate, Fitz, our buddy, uh, Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, running backs, Bilal Power, Amir Abdullah, Mike Gillisley, Tevin Coleman, Frank Gore. Oh boy, it's dropping fast. And then Doug Martin is available, who is again, is RB1, but probably sus- because of suspension for three games, you need a, a plan B of some sort, right? So... Yeah. So, of course, we shouldn't forget the McFadden handcuff here because we have, you know, we picked Elliot. So we need to keep that in the back of the mind, right? Yeah. So I'm very, at this point, I I don't mind Powell or Ramir Abdullah, but uh, Martavius Bryant is good too. And Titan-wise, we got Jimmy Graham, Tyler Eifert. Not a big Kyle Rudolph, Delaney Walker, or Zach Hurts fan at this point. What do you think? Huh. Yeah, I think, uh, and helping here, who, who is the top Titan available? Eifert is available, but... Yeah, so Eifert is a little bit, obviously, an injury it is, and I say this despite the fact that he is my Titan in our league, <laughs> uh, and Jimmy Graham is available also. Uh, yeah, I would go wide receiver, um, just because you... it is, you know, the... I guess uh, along with the running back, the uh, role or the, the position that we need multiple uh, places to fill, and we've reached a stage where there is little to choose between any of the other positions. So I would go wide receiver. Uh, do you like Martavius Bryant? Actually, I, I do. do. I, I think I, I do. his upside is crazy. I mean, I read again some stat where. I guess in the 21 games that he's actually played in the NFL, uh, he scored 14 or 16 touchdowns. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, he's. Uh, I, I'm bullish on him as well. Okay, let's get him. 
All right. So our team right now is basically Odell Beckham, Martavius Bryant are the two receivers, Ezekiel Elliott, Kareem Hunt, two running backs, Drew Brees is the quarterback. Uh, we don't have a tight end yet. We don't even have a, a second running back until Mr. Uh, Elliott comes back. So now, uh, you know, this is the tough stretch of the draft for everybody. You know, you got the likes of Mike Gillisley on the running back side. You have, uh, who else do we got? Mike Gillisley, Frank Gore. Frank Gore is still available. I don't know when he's going to fall off the field. <laughs> Doug Martin is available. The problem we have is how do we have two suspended guys, right? Yeah, yeah, I, exactly. And I don't think we have the space to store two Deadwood uh, <laughs> entities. Yeah. Um, you know, honestly, Frank Gore may be the best option here because Gillisley, Gore, Martin, Adrian Peterson, Terence West, Danny Woodhead, Paul Perkins, Robert Kelly, Lagarette Blunt. That's what I see. Yeah. And, and also in balancing of a roster between, you know, extreme upside versus having some boring, safe uh, options. I think we've taken a fair deal of... Uh, home run swings with Elliott and Odell Beckham and even Drew Brees or rather the quarterback so early. I think we need someone to just dash away as the safe, uh, you know, boring pick. And I think Frank Gore qualifies that, qualifies for that. <laughs> oh, I'll cha- he definitely qualifies as a boring pick. I don't know how safe he is. <laughs> right? He's, not, yeah, he's yeah. getting up there in age. Uh, there's not, you know, luck is not there. I don't know what that offense is going to do. I, I think it's also a, a home run swing, I think. It's like it could strike out or you could, uh, you could, you know, it could work out. I think he's... Yeah, actually, you know what? I just had a chance to take a look. I mean, I'm just looking at the screen now in terms of suggested players and uh, I've lost track of how many wide receivers we have. But Golden Tate, man, again... I had no idea, but I just uh, uh, heard this earlier in a podcast that uh, I guess he had 12 games last year with multiple or with double-digit fantasy points, and I, for some reason, that seemed like a crazy stat to me. Uh, I think again, one I, of those target guys. Yes, I, I think his problem, Ravi, was I think he was drafted a lot higher last year. Yeah. And I think he just refused to get into the end zone for like. Forever, did he? Or am I mixing him up with the, his previous no, year? No, you're right. I think he had two touchdowns last year, and I opened, <laughs> yeah. so I remember. Yeah. Remember this rather coherently. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think he had only two touchdowns, yeah. but he would end up with one of those classic ten catches for 75 yards, no <laughs> touchdowns. That's which true. Which helped us because it was a PPR league. That's true. I I would go with. Uh, Frank Gore here. And by the way, we have to still have, keep an eye on uh, the Dallas situation. Let's pick draft. I mean, uh, Gore here. Um, all right. We got the Jameson Crowders and Willie Sneeds of the world creeping up on us. We are in round seven. Should we reach for McFadden at this point? Let, I, I was just about to say that, that it's unfortunate, but we have to reach <laughs> for him in order to stabilize that position. So I would say yes. 
how about let me ask you this what's going on between him and uh, uh, alfred morris because i hear that they're going to split carries and things like that right but still we got to go with this guy it looks like I think Metzaden is the better running back and this is just pure skill based so who knows what's going to happen I see um so yeah we will go with Mr McFadden then at this point he is a good 6 7 8 running backs behind who should be drafted at this point but because of our situation with Elliot we got to be safe then sorry right yes yeah, so 0% of the experts agree we should be picking Darren McFadden at this point but we will pick them <laughs> <laughs> we will pick anyways it's going to give us a bad draft grade yeah. but who cares right all right so now we are uh, in the dog days of summer of this draft So round eight. So we got Gore, McFadden, Kareem Hunt, Ezekiel Elliott. I think between McFadden, Kareem Hunt, and Gore, we can hopefully start two people, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. Two guys. Um, ra- receivers. It's Odell Beckham and Martavius Bryant. That's it. And we don't have a tight end yet. And we got Drew Brees. So we have to focus on. tight end at some point but i look at the what's available right now at that position not a lot all the so called good ones are gone we are down to kyle rudolph delaney walker zack ertz martellus bennett of the world uh hunter henry is out there would you like any of those guys or would you rather pick a receiver like dante moncrief tyler tyrell williams uh, the chargers guy pierre garson Of course, on the running back side, just to give you a couple of names: Paul Perkins and Terence West are available. Yeah, so obviously, I think given that we have picked running backs uh, in the last couple of rounds, I would go wide receiver or tight end. I like Hunter Henry. I like Delaney Walker. Zach Ertz is serviceable as well. But I, just a hunch, I think those guys, at least two of them, would be available in the next round as well. So my feel. is to pick a wide receiver someone like a Tyrell Williams or even a Garson who's likely to get a I think he's one of the sleeper candidates this year do you uh, think so who who else is San Fran going to throw to so either Garson or Tyrell Williams would be my pick so what's the San Diego wide receiver depth chart now right Keenan Allen's back but who knows how long he's going to be back Yeah. Uh, and then I still keep saying San Diego Chargers by the way <laughs> LA Chargers. LA Chargers. Uh, yeah. So Tyrell Williams is uh you think he's dependable um uh, because he had a good 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 year last year I think uh but they they also have quite a few guys because they drafted Mike Williams right and then and Keenan Allen is back and then there's this Dontrell Inman and of course their tight ends and so on and so forth but you seem to be pretty bullish on him yeah i mean you know his raw skill set has been off the charts and he was able to showcase his ability last year due to you know luck i mean due to injuries to the other guys so i feel he's as safe a bet as you can get in terms of their wide receiver roster because just as you said Keenan Allen coming back from injury Dontrell Inman they're actually shopping him around 
So they might actually either trade or outright cut him before the season starts. And Mike Williams is on the shelf, at least for the first month of the season. So generally, the only guy that's a sure thing is Tyrone. So mm. I think he's pretty safe to go for. Albert, what, do you, what is your take on Dante Moncrief? I always have a soft corner for him. I'm same here, and I think especially if Luck ends up missing a few weeks, I think Moncrief is more likely to benefit from, uh, you know, Scott Tolson or whatever that guy's name is. Yeah. And I think Levi Hilton, uh, on the flip side, is likely to suffer in not having Luck. So I like Moncrief as well. So in fact, you know what? I just noted Moncrief being available also. So I would choose from either Moncrief or Tyrell Williams. I think Garcon is going to be great. But I think he's going to. He's a level below these two guys. Yeah. Okay, let's go with uh, Tyrell Williams, just because the experts say and looks like you like Williams, I like Moncrief. So let's go with the experts. Okay. All right, so Moncrief goes right behind. Kenny Britt goes. What do you think of Kenny Britt? I, I never was been a big fan of him, but this year he's getting a lot of run, at least in the middle rounds. Yeah, he's the kind of wide receiver that I used to own a lot of in the mid-2000s when my team <laughs> used to suck in, uh, in our league, which is the number one wide receiver for an absolutely putrid offense. You know, last year with the Rams, yeah. a couple of years with Tennessee. Uh, you know, he basically makes his money by being the only pass-catching option on a terrible offensive team. And therefore... At least in the last three, four years, I've become wiser and not even looking at those guys. So, as an example, I'd rather pick up someone like a Willie Sneed, the number three option in New Orleans, versus the number one guy for Cleveland or, uh, Saint, uh, not St. Louis, uh, uh, the LA Rams. Yeah. So, I'm not a big fan. In essence, not a big fan of the Kenny Britt situation. <laughs> All right. So, now you got, at some point, we had to look at the Titans. You got Kyle Rudolph, Zach Ertz, Hunter Henry. Eric Ebron, Jack Doyle, Kobe Fleener, Austin Hooper, Jason Witten. Uh, that's a decent list. And then on the wide receiver side, you got Mike Wallace, Baltimore. I'm not a big fan. Adam Thielen, I like him a little better. John Brown, of course, our Arizona Cardinal. Uh, so now we are out. We are down to all the wide receiver one in bad offenses or... Uh, the lower end wide receiver one or the wide receiver two or three, right? Uh, you got Jordan Matthews. Corey Coleman is there, which is a fascinating uh, name because he's getting a lot of run. Yeah. So those are the options. Um, now, we, what we are in round nine, right? Yes. So we are in the right in the middle, six. So we will get something back after another 12 picks. I don't know if we will have any Titan available from at least in this list. Maybe we will. Maybe we will. But who would you like here? I, I, Hunter Henry is more tempting to me than Kyle Rudolph or uh, Zach Ertz. How about you? Yeah, we, yeah, we are picking from a bunch of mediocrity here and I agree with you I think so from among that at least let's pick someone that has huge potential feeling and I think Hunter Henry qualifies in that regard the only concern there is 
are we loading up a little bit too much on uh, LA chargers? We do. Yeah, we also true. pick. That is true. I didn't, rec- I didn't recognize that. That's true. Tyrell Williams, but uh, um, let's go with it. What do you say? Okay. I like Austin Hooper too, but he's a little bit. Uh, we could wait for him probably. I think so. I think so. I think, uh, and and that's a good point, Arvind, because in uh, in, in with the way uh, this particular draft is going, and given the fact that we don't really have a surefire tight end, I think it wouldn't be wrong for us to pick up two. And if that is the case, Austin Hooper would be a great second tight end for us. Yeah, uh, I'm also looking at. So in a real draft, it's always good to look at what your other teams are doing and what kind of positions they have filled. So I am looking at teams behind us as we go at least three of them do not have a tight end whereas three of them do so assuming those three don't pick a second tight end for a while by the time this draft comes back uh, we should probably we can expect three tight ends to be gone I think but we may have other tight ends so let's see the list again uh, so that means by this order, Kyle Rudolph, Zach Ertz, and Hunter Henry might be gone. But somebody like Eric Ebron, Jack Doyle, Kobe Fleener, Austin Hooper, Jason Witten might be available. So I, I'm, I'm tempted to wait. But you are saying we could even pick two. So if we skip now, what are we dealing with, right? We are dealing with, uh, on the running back side, Jonathan Stewart, Theo Reddick, Matt Forte, Duke Johnson, Thomas Rawls. Uh, nothing inspiring, but we need we could pick one of them. Actually, well, actually the guy that, uh, that tends or that sounds appealing to me is Rawls. I mean, again, at this stage of the draft, it's all speculation. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, you know, it's basically a lottery pick. And if that is the case, and it ends up in two weeks that Ross is the number one ball carrier in Seattle, you're basically getting a starting running back in the tenth round. So having said that, I also recognize that we've already picked up a bunch of running backs. But if we are going RB, or if we are even going for the best potential home run pick, Ross may not be a bad candidate. I'm a very, I'm very uh, scared of Ross actually. I, okay. Yeah, that whole backfield is scary to me because, it you is, know... It is muddled, right? It is very muddled because Lacey is there, <laughs> he is useless. Uh, and then uh, you got Rawls and then you got CJ Process who is injured but the coach loves him, I think. And then you got this kid, what's his name? Chris Carson. Chris Carson, yeah. yeah, yeah. Some people are high on him. So I would, my, I would stay away from Rawls. Uh, okay. I would actually like, if you are not taking a tight end, I would rather take uh, John Brown or Adam Thielen or Jordan Matthews or Corey Coleman. I'm giving you too many names, but one of the receivers basically. Or how about Jonathan Stewart? Um, I know Christian McCaffrey is awesome, but 
this guy is you no know, chopped liver and how about Theo Reddick mm, he can do a few things but this is not PPR though so he's probably not a great choice that's what i thought as well when i think Reddick would be would be a would be a slam dunk pick if it was a PPR i think in a standard league he has limited value um Jonathan Stewart more appealing if we were to look at running backs but the guy from the list you throughout uh, i think the guy that appeals to me is John Brown homeboy <laughs> last week in preseason so at least uh, hopefully he's back from his injury woes and no denying the fact that in terms of pure talent and the fact that Arians likes to throw a lot yeah. i mean you couldn't go wrong with the John Brown at this stage let's do a homer pick then not the best boys and girls not the best way to do a draft but i think we also think it's a good pick not we're not just picking him because he is a, we like the cardinals so okay, i took john brown let's see what kind of titan action we see rest of the way so who kevin white was drafted that's an interesting name um oh not drafted it's actually suggesting Actually, Zach Ertz and Kyle Rudolph is gone. So Hunter Henry is still available. So what do you think? Let's. I think let's do Hunter Henry. Actually, uh, yeah, I think there's no point waiting longer. Hunter Henry is decent, I think. Okay, let's pick Hunter Henry. So we got our tight end, at least one. I think I have a feeling we may have to back him up with something else. So, Arvind, again, I was just looking at the names of suggested recommendations. What do you think of Jack Doyle? Yeah, a lot depends on luck, I think. That whole offense, the problem is going to be uh luck. Plus he was not uh I I think he was I felt like he was a little bit inconsistent last year. Uh but then uh, I I think uh, Dwayne Allen was there, so I guess we can't completely blame him, but uh you know i i i expected a lot from him maybe last year but this year considering duane allen is gone he should probably be a good pick but would you pick him here given that we just picked uh 100 no, no okay no. again if we had not picked henry in the fifth round i would i would have said that doyle would be our save mm-hmm. our ass you know need to have a tight end pick at this stage but no given the fact that we already have henry uh, and what you and I discussed which is let's throw our dice at Austin Hooper hopefully in the next round i don't think we need to pick up jack doyle at this stage okay so we got four receivers for uh uh running backs one tight end i'm not big on quarterback backups i don't think you are either right agreed Yeah so the running backs that are available at this point is it's probably a good place to go back to running backs since we have ignored them for a while Rucks Burkhead the New England uh, guy who some people are really high on 
Darren Sproles, Latavius Murray, Giovanni Bernard, Jonathan Williams. That's about it. I think Sproles, Burkhead, Latavius Murray, Giovanni Bernard. And then you got the Donta Freeman, Wendell Smallwood, a little lower in the list. What? Any running backs that sticks out for you from this list? Uh, I wouldn't mind a Murray or a Sproles here. Sproles would be the guy. I have no idea why uh, Sproles doesn't get more hype. Uh, and and I, I actually, you know what? I think this particular league being standard, I can understand a little bit around uh, him being uh, kind of low or still being available. But otherwise, I think he's still got he's still got tremendous value. And so I couldn't. I mean, I wouldn't have a problem picking up Sproles at this stage. What about the New England backfield and Ruck? I actually like Burkhead. I really like Burkhead. I, you know, my maybe potentially stupid, hopefully bold take is that he'll have more fantasy points than Gilsley by the end of the season. Yeah, but then my concern there is what about, you know, the, Dion Lewis is still there, James White is still there, and. Yeah. I've never been a big fan of Hoodie's uh, uh, running backs. He just shuts them off sometimes, unleashes them sometimes. With that said, I do understand uh, a lot of people liking this guy and you know the talent is there. So the point here is I think if you want a lottery ticket, I think he's the guy, right? If you want a safer pick, he's not. I don't consider any of the... Patriots running backs as safe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It is purely playing with lottery tickets with, with New England. Okay, but given that you like him and given that it's what, what round is this? 12? Maybe we should pick him or 11. Him or Burkett is our option. Uh, I mean, him or Sproles. Yeah, I, but but to your point, I think we are at the stage of the draft where you know there's no point picking up scores and not starting, or we are not likely to start him. Whereas uh, I think Burkhead is exactly that lottery ticket that you never know how it might pan out, and if it does, we it would probably be the steal of the draft. So I would say Burkhead. Yeah. Plus, given that we have Elliot and McFadden and all of them, we need a few lottery tickets. So, yeah. Uh, okay, Burkhead it is. The draft continues. Now we are in round 12. So, Jack Doyle is gone. Devonta Booker is gone. Kobe Fleener is gone. Garbage. <laughs> Kobe Fleener was huge disappointment last year. And I like the 54% suggestion. Austin Hooper is available. So let's back up our Titan situation is what you're saying? Yes. Over Kevin White or Latavius Murray? I agree. Let's... Because we have a... Did you know that Austin Hooper led the Falcons in um, target in the Super Bowl? In the Super Bowl, oh, I see. Okay, after the fourth quarter or before the fourth quarter? <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the entire Super Bowl. In fact, I believe in the playoffs, he was second among the Falcons in targets behind 
portfolio for obvious reasons. Uh, but that was still quite a stunning start to me because uh, Atlanta shows a lot to its running backs as well. So I see big things for this guy. Yeah. Uh, and given that it's the 12th round, and I know you picked him up in, in our league, so I think he, he's going to be a sneaky contributor. Okay, let's get him. Because... I also picked two Titans in our draft and the reason for that is given how uh, scattered the running back and even wide receivers are to some extent in the later rounds. Uh, you know, if you get a good tight end, I think they could be your flex. It doesn't have to be a wide receiver or a running back this year. If you find those gems, like if Rex Burkett types click, then you got your flex and whatnot. If not, I think uh, a known titan might work actually this year. So yeah, in fact, uh, going back to last year in our league, I think there was this one week, I think week ten or eleven, which I had to win in order to in order to stay in contention, and I used uh, Hunter Henry as my flex. I forget who my real or my actual titan was, <laughs> but I used Hunter Henry as flex, and that paid off. So you're right, I think. Uh, with the way the running back position and even wide receivers to some extent is now, it's so diluted, so shallow. I think uh, Titans may be a viable flex uh, choice. Great. So this is pretty much the last uh, pick before we go defense and kicker. Actually, that's a question for you, Ravi. Some people tend to go higher, especially for defense. With the idea, oh, I'll get the best defense and I'm willing to overpay for it rather than all these... Uh, you know, scrubs or long shots, right? And known devil versus unknown angel. Whereas I think most people just pick, ah, last two rounds, defense and kicker, I'll get the best available, that sort of thing. Which which uh, side do you fall on? Oh, very much the tra- traditional way of thinking, which is to use uh, your last but one round on defense and your last round pick on kickers. And the reasoning for that, from my standpoint, is fairly straightforward. There is no lockdown defense which is matchup proof anymore. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so let's say someone reaches and picks up a Seattle defense in round 11 or 10. Mm-hmm. What do you do when Green Bay plays Seattle? Or for that matter, even when Seattle visits Arizona. And that's obviously, it is obligatory. Every year there is one matchup where they go to Arizona. Yeah. And my point is against really good offenses right. that will score points. Even top-notch defenses don't end up being, you know, locked down, uh, you know, slam-dunk choices. Right. If you are going to stream defense at least two, potentially three to five weeks during the season, what's the point in wasting an earlier round pick on them? That's a great point. We don't have the 2002 or 1 Ravens or 83 exactly. Bears and things exactly. like that anymore. The game has changed. But then again, the flip side of that, there's always a flip side, right? That's some people may argue, Ravi. I agree with you, but just to be a devil's advocate, some people may argue that is where distinguishing yourself with a good defense may actually pay off even more. Uh, you know, in a league where every defense sucks, maybe having that top one which may give you eight good games may be worth a lot more than it used to be. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, no, I absolutely do, and in fact, I think that's a very valid justification to picking up a Denver or a Seattle earlier than 
when defenses usually go. Yeah. But just for the sake of argument, for at least to maintain my stance, my counterpoint to that argument is you can literally use the same logic to pick the defense that is going to play every week against the worst offense. So last year again, for example, I was for at least six weeks in a row I streamed the defense that's going to. Play either against San Fran or the New York Jets, and <laughs> I know. that worked out fine. Yeah. So the point is, I was, the same logic on I, using a unique pro- a differentiation by or having a unique differentiation by picking a really rock solid defense is the same as having that same unique differentiation and being smart and picking or streaming defenses against the worst offense in the league yeah. every week. not to interrupt you i was so pissed uh, it worked out for you too because i was doing the same thing but i felt like i was picking the wrong team every week like i used to pick the team playing defense against san francisco and that week you will pick the one against jets and somehow san francisco will have a great game and jets will and then the next week i'll pick the one against jets and you'll pick the one against san francisco and again your call would be right it used to piss me off but I mean, No, that's kind of proves your having a crappy defense and having a defense that you could at least hope for. Yeah, that's kind of proves your point though that even with the horrible teams, there is no. I mean, it's so offense friendly. The game is today. It's it's like sometimes even horrible teams will shred a defense. So you need to be really. It's almost becoming a crapshoot to get the good defenses. So I agree with you. I think at this part we should. You know the name that really sticks out to me here is Kevin White. Yeah. The receiver for Chicago. Given so he's that the, he's the default number one receiver now in Chicago, right? I mean with Meredith Brown. Yes, except this guy has never done anything. And I can't believe I think it's already his third year or something. I thought it yeah. was his second year. Uh so let's yeah, go with that. I'm totally with you on that. Let's go with White. Yeah, White. All right. So the top defenses by the way were already gone. If listeners are wondering but we did have a shot at teams like minnesota but now they are also gone minnesota is gone arizona is gone new york giants new england patriots so now it's basically defense and kicker defense the top one on the list is panthers jaguars steelers i like the panthers i don't mind them how about you yeah i think Okay. Defense. Going with the pack. Funny how Jacksonville seems to come up uh, typically in my drafts because again I pick up defense with my last or penultimate pick yeah. or round. Uh, Jacksonville comes up as an option and it's just that I hate their offense so much that in <laughs> none of those drafts have I actually picked up the Jacksonville defense. All right. So now we have. Because their offense ends up scoring more points for the opposition. That's true. <laughs> yeah. And now down to the kickers Steven Kostarski Tucker Bryant Bailey Mason Crosby are gone Adam Vinicieri Cairo Santos Will Lutz Matt Prater those are the four names for you here um I'm okay with any of them I'm tempted towards Will Lutz just because I feel like that offense is probably better uh, yeah yeah I mean I'm with you again one of those uh, 
rules have come in terms of taking a kicker similar to what we did discuss as far as taking the right defense. So kicker to me, the rule is fairly straightforward. Just pick the kicker who plays for the best offense. Okay. Um, okay, let's pick him over Adam Vineshari, who is highly ranked, but it's, who knows what happens with that offense, right? Let's yeah, exactly. go with Lutz. Exactly. All right, that's the draft, pretty much. Um, all right, let's go over our team. Uh, we got a B-plus grade. I would advise the listeners not to worry too much about the grade because, you know, it's automated software grading you based on the ADP and things like that, so... Not the best uh, way to rank your draft, but we got Breeze, Elliot, Kareem Hunt, Odell Beckham, Martavius Bryant, Hunter Henry, Frank Gore, Panthers, Lutz. That's our starting lineup. The bench is McFadden, Tyrell Williams, John Brown, Rex Burkhead, Austin Hooper, Kevin White. Not bad. Not bad at all. I mean, I think uh, we had a running back one and running back two position locked up between the Elliot McFadden combo and Kareem Hunt. Uh-huh. I think we're looking good on flex uh, with a couple of wide receivers to choose from in addition to Frank Gore. And uh, I think our strong point is the Beckham or Davis Bryant wide receiver combo. And not to mention that Breeze is, as, I, as we discussed earlier, uh, the, one of the three quarterbacks who would be the only three that I would reach and pick early in the draft. Exactly. I like it too. I like the bench too with John Brown and Tyrell Williams and Rex Burkhardt and Austin Hooper. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, there's some hope there. Uh, cool. So that's the mock draft for 2017. So good job, Ravi. And I think. You as well. <laughs> thank you. Instead of the. Puck up five this week, where we usually talk about the top five things in our mind. How about doing a fantasy-focused uh, sleepers and busts? Um, how about you go first with the sleepers? Let's do that. Uh, so here are my five sleepers for the year. And I'll go in order of uh, fantasy pros, expert consensus rankings for them. So my number one pick is Matthew Stafford. Um, currently going at uh, pick number 101, uh, which would be basically early 11th round in a 10-team draft and a 9th round pick uh, in a 12-team draft. And to me, Stafford has been everything that uh, Roethlisberger has not been in the last couple of years, uh, which is being consistent on the road as well as at home. Uh, since uh, his new offensive system came into place under Jim Bob Cooter. Uh, Stafford become a lot more of a you know gay manager versus uh, the super slinger he was in the Calvin Johnson era, which was great because it led to a lot of yards, but also a lot of interceptions. I think he's become a lot safer now. And I think he has got more talent this year than he's had in the past. I think Amir Abdullah is going to surprise a lot of people, and he's tailor-made for the kind of offense that Detroit runs. All in all, to me, uh, you know, again, after those first three quarterbacks, which would be Brady, Rogers, and Breeze, I wouldn't reach to get a Ryan or a Newton or a Winston. I'd rather wait on Stafford. And again, I'm conflicting with something that I did last week in the draft, but that was one of my mistakes, which was not to wait for Stafford, and I ended up picking up Winston too early. So Stafford would be 
Yeah. 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 Uh, eh, unless he's injured i think he's is is productive and he is never too expensive like you don't yes i think yeah. two years back he was a little bit too high in the list otherwise he always hangs around in the middle of the pack and you can get a, a good good feeling drafting him and consistency yeah, exactly exactly and uh, you know i was looking back at last year's stats or actually the last two years stats and the differential the per game point differential between him and uh, rogers was three and a half points per game so think wow. about where you would need to draft rogers versus where you can easily get stafford and to me you can make up the three and a half point differential by picking running backs early or wide receivers early i think you can wait on stafford wow good point yeah so my second sleeper is uh, someone that you referred to early earlier in the conversation today which is cory coleman Uh, you know number one i think injury derailed his uh, his 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 uh, shining last year but before he got injured i think he had a couple of highlight reel catches and then after he came back cleveland, cleveland was so far into the dumps not to mention that terrell prior had taken over as the number one wide receiver that you didn't really see what cory coleman was all about and i think this year he would uh, get every opportunity to show that he is the number one wide receiver Mm-hmm. The other thing, in looking at stats from last year, Cleveland led the league in 40 red zone pass attempts um, uh, for TD, and obviously less than a quarter of them succeeded. But they basically threw 40 times from within the red zone. And if you compare that stat, or if you take that stat, which is 40 available red zone passes, with the fact that they don't have Andrew Hawkins, they don't have Gary Barnett, they don't have Terrell Pryor, yeah. it doesn't take brain surgery to know that Corey Coleman would be a recipient of a number of those. So to me, he is tremendous value compared to where he is being uh, drafted, which is pick number 115. I think he easily could be a wide receiver three, worst case wide receiver four for a good team. Agreed. Agreed. And along the same line uh, is another guy uh, that I feel is being drafted too low at wide receiver, and that is Chris Hogan. Uh, candidly, I think Brandon Cooks coming in took a lot of shine away from what Hogan did last year, mm-hmm. especially towards the end of the season. And I know one of our uh, uh, league owners, uh, you know, took Hogan as a free agent in the latter part of last season and ended up reaping. Rich rewards in the last three weeks of last season, and to me, that's what Hogan is about. And that, when you combine with the fact that Edmonds gone for the season, Cooks is new, Gronk is kind of a question mark to some extent, means that Hogan is one of the more stabilizing factors. And with Brady, it's always been proven that familiarity leads to more targets. And I think Hogan's become more comfortable in that offense. So to me, him being drafted at the end of the 10th round in a 12-team league and at the end of the 12th round in the 10-team league, I think is criminal. Agreed. I think uh, you know it's hard to pick wide receivers from the Pats rosters. To be fair, but yeah. with Edelman being injured, I think this guy should be moving up. Um, but i think there is just like you said there's way too many eyeballs on brandon cooks it's not like he's going to get every single pass so exactly yeah exactly because yes. to me the guys that are going around hogan are people like marvin jones and cory davis and 
dead gin. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, just using the simplest of simple rule of thumb, which is from among that crew, I'd rather go pick up the guy who has the best quarterback throwing to him. Yeah, yeah, agreed. So my fourth sleeper is old boy Jamal Charles. You know, he's currently uh, consensus ranked number 151, which essentially means that he may be going undrafted in certain leagues. And using just one data point, limited though it is, mm-hmm. which was last week's, uh, there is week three preseason, I thought he looked electric. And health concerns are always there with him. Also, given the fact that uh, CJ Anderson is the uh, publicly announced starter, all it takes is a CJ Anderson injury and Jamal Charles, Charles to kind of look even 80% of his old shelf. And I see he'll be a serviceable flex down the road. So to me, for him to get drafted or being drafted as a as an afterthought uh, makes him a true sleeper for the year. And my last one is a handcuff, actually, and that happens to be Jonathan Williams from Buffalo. Uh, he's currently ranked at pick number 162, which, in fact, I can't even figure out where that is in a 12-team draft. I think it's, again, <laughs> in literally a last-round pick uh, in, in a best-case scenario. And to me, that is totally ridiculous because uh, Buffalo scored 28 rushing touchdowns last year, nine of which were scored by Mike Gillespie. So even if you take half of those and factor in a reasonable possibility that LaShawn McCoy might get injured maybe three, four games during the year, either of those possibilities would make Jonathan Williams one of the top 12 to 15 running backs in the league. He's the only backup they have. Literally speaking, they don't have any other running backs. So why Jonathan Williams would not jump off the board a lot early as a speculative running back pick is beyond me. So to me, he happens to be my number five sleeper for the year. Great. And what I up, am done with my list. What happened to Carlos Williams, by the way? The Or whoever was highly touted as the backup last year, right? Or Remember that yeah. guy in Buffalo? They're, what's oh, he? Carlos Williams, right? Yeah. Carlos, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he got fat or something. I don't know what happened to him. Yeah, he got fat, then he got busted for drugs, and then he was sent off to uh, some team, right? I mean, he was he was waived yeah. and then picked up by some other team. I have no idea where he is now. Yeah, so you're right. The backups always have value when you're dealing with LaShawn McCoy. That's a good list. So exactly. you got Matthew Stafford, uh, Corey Coleman, Jamal Charles, Jonathan Williams. I'm missing somebody. Chris Owen, yeah, cool. Okay. Now on to busts. That's what uh, I do best, I guess. <laughs> excited, excited to hear you. <laughs> so I'm not, these are not busts as in I don't think all of them are going to be disastrous. It's just that relative to where they're drafted, I think uh, they're going to be a little bit of a disappointment. And some of these names are out there, probably, uh, you know, surprise some people, but here it goes. Uh, first name is Antonio Brown, actually. I, I obviously am a big fan of his, and I don't think he's going to be bad or anything like that. But mm-hmm. I don't expect him to be the number one receiver in the league, which he has been consistently, I think, for the last two years, maybe even three. Last two for sure. He has been the number one fantasy receiver. I expect him to dip. 
for a variety of reasons one of which is i think uh, ravi you mentioned last time with uh, uh, levian bell and you know ben rathlisberger being a little bit shaky um plus you know martavius bryant might be very effective this year so i think he's still going to be top 3 probably top 5 for sure which is not bad right when you're picking somebody as a number 1 receiver it doesn't it's okay if he's top 3 but yeah, my point yeah. is i expect uh odell beckham and probably uh julio jones if he's healthy and even even mike evans to kind of overtake him after a couple of years of complete domination of the position i expect him to fall off just a little bit um that's my first one i bust is probably too rough a word for this uh i you know we should call this something else <laughs> but yeah, that's a ballsy pick i must say i mean i'm not sure if i agree with it but you know what i can completely see where you're coming from on that so that is gutsy yeah uh maybe i'm being dumb we'll see uh sticking with the steelers i think this one is a little bit popular uh, everybody is picking big ben to be a bust this year and i am on board with that as well uh i think he's always been injury prone and i i that's going to continue i feel like uh plus he's going to be less productive this year uh for a variety of reasons it's mostly it's almost like a gut feel given his off season uh, uh you know confusion over whether he will even play and things like that which ravi you pointed out last year last week i think there's just too many question marks and i think he is going to be a little bit of a bust as well but is is being drafted very late so i don't know how much of a relevant tip this is but uh, let's put him on the list as well the other receiver i expect to take uh, a dip and i would stay away from is emmanuel sanders he has wow. been okay. yeah he's been sneaky productive uh the last uh, maybe 3 years i would say at least two um i think it's time for him to kind of uh, you know whatever they call it regression towards the mean or whatever i think he is going to drop off as well with the denver situation the quarterback situation i think it's pointing the other way the fourth pick is probably you will agree with it more than the other ones is Eddie Lacy. Uh, oh yes. So yes, I with you on that. Lacy as in L A Z Y. Uh he is in Seattle we briefly touched on it. It's kind of a mess out there with the backfield. Too much talent, uh too many people. This guy is even if you give if he is the featured back is probably going to find out a way to uh you know waste that opportunity i don't know how much he's going to fend off the rolls and prosize and chris carlson of the world and hold on to the ball and his job we'll see but i think he's uh, my uh, fourth pick the fifth one is uh, again i'm not even completely convinced on that but i think martellus bennett is going to disappoint some people as well I, again i'm not saying he'll be a complete bust he's going to be a little bit of a disappointment only because for whatever reason uh there seems to be some kind of a jinx or something the titan spot in green bay is always expected to produce but they never do yes agreed agreed with you 
uh everything lines up right they have a great quarterback they have a great offense they have uh, weapons everywhere you they always get the right tight end too but it never ever seems to work out so i i am a little bit uh, bearish on him as well uh, and i'm kind of been tempted in every draft to pick him but i've tried to stay away from him so that's my kind of a risky uh, list but that's my list and you know i can't say i can argue with any of your picks other than uh, antonio brown and that to it is as you yourself said i think your expectations from brown are merely that he won't end up as the number one wide receiver you still expect him to be in the top 5 so i think other than that i think you're spot on right thank you i th- i think yeah i should have not even put him in this list yeah he's going to be top 5 it's just that expectation for him is so high Yeah uh that you know we need to uh, slow that down a little bit is what i felt anyways that's that's our uh, mock draft and sleeper and bus i think we covered a lot ravi absolutely ever this was a fun one and uh, time to actually start the season soon hopefully we could get together and have another show before um if not we'll definitely talk during or after week 1 and you know excited to jump back into the fantasy uh, flow of things perfect looking forward to it yes <laughs>